Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. Um, for you guys to either side of me, just let me know later which is my best side. Um, I'd probably say both, but yeah. Um, hey, um, look, I, I need to wear my glasses so I can see you all, but then I can't read. So my glasses are about to come off, but I really, really did want to um, connect with everyone um, who is here this morning because it, it's a real privilege. Um, you know, it feels like it's been quite a while since um, I've shared a message on a Sunday. And um, and today I share a message sitting on a stool because I have injuries to my knees. Um, so, um, you know, this morning I'm brought to you by my sponsors, Physio, Active Physio. Um, <laughs> And um, caffeine and the letters B and C for black caps. Um, but it's my absolute honour um, to, to join the diverse voices of our community as um, we look at our theme this year on pilgrimage and particularly this series uh, on uh, well, called On the Road um, and God Encounters as our journey unfolds. This morning, um, oh, let me start with karakia, yeah? Lord, thank you, thank you. We are a people of your presence. And so we thank you for your presence with us this morning, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your presence with Richard and Fiona and their Fano. We thank you for your presence with all the names that were called out this morning. And, uh, and Lord, we thank you that, that you are a God who... Um, who knows us, but God too, you want us to know you. And so this morning, um, despite any gaffes I make, Lord, um, may you be known um, this morning. Amen. Amen. So I want to look at um, at the book of Ruth. And, um, and Ruth's story from the Old Testament, um, and I've called, uh, oh, I hope I pushed the right one, um, so I've called uh, this morning's message The Road to Bethlehem and Beyond, um, Ruth's Encounters of God. And, um, and, you know, one of Ruth's major encounters with God was actually on the road to Bethlehem, um, which I'm going to go into. But I'm, I want to start first with looking at the significance of the book of Ruth. Um, and uh, then I want to give some context as I share um, some encouragements that I've pulled out of um, this book. It's a, it's a wonderful, rich book. Um, and, you know, it's only four chapters for those of you who aren't into reading. Um, it's, it, but it's four chapters of richness. Um, and so, you know, an indication of how significant 
Ruth's story is um, in the overarching narrative of scriptures, um, which is the the story about how God relates to the world that he created. Um, An indication of how significant it is, is she is one of only two women whose stories are given a substantial recording and retelling um, in the scriptures. And unlike Esther, who's the other woman, um, Ruth wasn't an Israelite. So she was a a Moabite, right? Now, I mean, those fellas, they were um, descendants of um, an incestuous um, relationship between Lot and one of his daughters. I mean, forget all those TV series. You need the Bible. It's got all the drama, right? Um, But they were also, the Moabites were also a people who um, treated Israel um, so badly, treated Israelites so badly that God had declared um, that they were to be excluded from any assembly um, responsible for leadership and judicial decisions of their own people. And, uh, and, you know, then they came to actually recognise um, the rule of Israel. So despite her genealogy, despite this is Ruth's history, um, the history of her people, her story was important enough to be recorded in scriptures. Um, now, in looking, you know, in, at Ruth's story, I really hope that we hear um, the story of God's protection, God's care, and his ability um, to work through anyone's life. Yeah? Um, so when the book of Ruth begins, so if you want to, you can, can open up the book of Ruth and, and um, kind of follow through um, as, I, as I go through. I'm not going to do verse by verse, even though it's four chapters. I'd love to because seriously, it's wonderful. However, um, Ruth, the, the very first sentence says that, um, that this was the time when the judges ruled. So it just gives us some context to what Ruth's context is, right, where his story sits. It was a really chaotic time across the whole ancient world, yeah? Even in Judges, they said um, people did as they wished, yeah? Now, there was chaos, plus there was famine, which we're told of um, in, in those first couple of verses, which meant some hard calls. And so Elimelech and Naomi, um, not like uh, or not unlike my own parents um, who came to New Zealand, they moved to Moab for a better future for their family. They were from Bethlehem, but they moved to Moab. Um, there was food there. And because the Moabites now recognised um, the rule of Israel, they were fine to go there and, and seek out this better future. Their um, sons married two non-Jewish women. And um, and throughout Ruth's story, there's this backdrop that already in the first couple of verses we're introduced to, and it's a backdrop of loss because we need to leave our people, leave everything that we've known, and a backdrop of hope because we're moving for a better future. So even before we're introduced to Ruth, then you know, we see this loss and hope hand in hand. Now, if you're not familiar um, with the story... Um, this wonderful, um, you know, future and hope um, moves on to Elimelech dying, yeah? So he dies, and again we see loss and grief. And yet we also see hopefulness um, as Naomi still has her two sons, and they were now married. So they could bring the joy, the hope of grandchildren, right? But then the sons both die. And they leave behind childless widows. 
So Ruth is now faced with no husband. Um, and she's, you know, she's grieving not just the loss of that, but the loss of continuously continuing his legacy, the legacy of his family, because she was childish, childless. Um, we also see hope, though. Hope is on the rise because things had improved um, back in Judea, back in Bethlehem. So Naomi can return. She can return to her people. She can return to her Turanga Waiwai. And, um, and she returns with the only family that she has left, her two daughters-in-law. So, she gets onto the road, right? And it says this in verse 7, well, with her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and she set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. And while on the road, Naomi instructs her daughters-in-law to return to their mother's homes. And using those words, Naomi um, is releasing them from anything that sees her as their mother. And she honours them for their kindness and um, you know, towards her and towards her late sons. And she even blesses them to remarry. But I wanted to look at, at um, the story of Ruth um, today because Ruth was a woman who stood um, on the road between Moab and Bethlehem and considered two very different lives, right? A life that had been, like even before she was married because she's a widow now, and a life that could be with a woman who had come to see her as um, a daughter and whom she had come to see as a mother figure. Now, of course, we all experience crossroads um, throughout our lives. It's part of this thing called adulting. And, um, you know, these are moments, maybe seasons, where we consider, like Ruth, two very different lives. Um, if you're like me, sometimes I don't even realise the full impact um, that my decisions and choices could have, like the fullest of impacts. And I'm quite grateful for that because it would probably freeze me in my tracks and I'd never make a decision. I mean, it's hard enough getting together with my girlfriends um, and trying to decide a cafe that we're going to, for goodness sakes, right? And so that would completely freeze me in my tracks if I really fully understand uh, or understood the impacts of some of my life choices. Now, I also want you to understand, though, that Ruth also came to fully embrace the God of Israel through her married family connection. And so her understanding of um, God's character included that everything in life has his touch on it. Um, what you have, what you lack, what you've lost, and what you need, it's all part of God's purposes. So from Ruth's encounters with God, what encouragement can we find um, for our journey? Well, let me share with you the first one that um, I'd like to leave with you this morning, which is God is faithful. We have hope. Um, on the road to Bethlehem, right, Ruth was at a crossroad and made um, a choice to stay with Naomi, but not just to stay with her and go to Bethlehem with her, but to become as Naomi is. Yeah. In, um, yeah, in chapter 1, she, she has this well-known um, speech. Does anybody know the speech? Would you like the microphone? 
Uh, no, okay. Um, but she says to Naomi, right, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God, my God, where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. And that was really significant because she's basically saying, I am entering your world and I am going to be one with you. So, you know, daily we travel. We travel our roads and we make decisions that, that shape our lives. And um, sometimes um, those choices are made um, in moments of difficulty and pain. Um, other times the choices are made during moments of clarity and calm. Um, but no matter the road that we face, right, um, our decisions might determine um, our direction, but it's God's faithfulness to a relationship with us um, that means that we always have the choice to focus on loss and the pain or rest in the hope that, that we know. Yeah, We see in Ruth an example um, of the words of the Apostle Paul. Um, and you know, he's writing from prison. Uh, and he, you know, even during a time of great loss and pain, he writes about the hope, the hope of the kingdom of God being realized. And he says this in Romans 8, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. And we take courage from Isaiah in that waiting because Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 you know encourages us they who wait they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength you don't need to strive yeah wait and renew your strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint Ruth's choice to follow the God of Israel, her choice to give complete loyalty um, to the Israelite family into which she's been received by marriage, her choice to totally devote herself to her widowed mother-in-law marked her path in life as a daughter of Israel. And we see that in the choices that that she made because she aligned her um, choices to say, hey, this is who I am. This is whose I am. This is what I believe. This is what I hope for. Now, we see that in her choices, she sought the wisdom of her mother-in-law. Now, I hear some people with a mother-in-law going, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But she sought the wisdom of her mother-in-law. And I love what Proverbs, if you um, want to you know, look it up in Proverbs 4, this is what it says about wisdom. And it really describes the relationship between um, Ruth and Naomi and how she viewed Naomi's um, wisdom, right? Like I, I feel like if Naomi wrote, um, or if Ruth wrote, this, she would be writing it about um, Naomi. And it says this, do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Yeah? Though it costs all you have, get understanding. But of wisdom, of Naomi, cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honour you. 
She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Don't discredit the wisdom of other pilgrims. Absolutely consider it carefully and prayerfully. Weigh it up, but don't discredit what wisdom our faithful God is speaking to us through our fellow pilgrims. You know, our faithful God is the God of hope, and we have hope. We have hope always. So the next encouragement um, that I bring to you this morning is that God's shoulders are bigger than ours. Yeah? Um, yay! Right? Because on that road to Bethlehem and um, at that crossroad in her life, Ruth would have known the weight of expectation from her Moabite whanau, um, wanting her to return um, to marry and reproduce, carry on their lineage, their ancestry. But she also would have felt the weight of responsibility for her widowed mother-in-law. This is the woman who was responsible for her husband, yeah, even if it was likely to have been an arranged marriage um, by Elimelech, right? This woman was a woman who welcomed her into her home. And yet she made that declaration to Naomi of being her daughter and not her daughter-in-law. Ruth trusted in the God of Israel, whose shoulders can bear all of the weight. You know, for any um, widow... Upon her husband's death, um, she normally relied upon her sons for support. Ruth had none. Naomi's died. And some in this situation, some of them sold themselves to slavery or they turned to prostitution um, or they just died for lack of resources. Um, and, you know, it's in part to prevent that harshness of that reality um, of being a widow in those times, that there was Jewish legislation regarding what's called a guardian redeemer. Um, and that would be a person who's someone from your whanau, um, you know, extended family, and they would step in and be responsible for providing for you. Yeah? God's faithfulness and kindness to Ruth and Naomi meant that Ruth um, picked up scraps from um, crops in a field when they got to Bethlehem. It was, this is called gleaning. Um, she picked up crops in um, a man's field, um, for, and that was for their food, and it was for them to make a living. But that man was actually someone who was from their whanau, yeah? And his name was Boaz, and he recognised and acknowledged, um, read about in chapter 2, um, he, he acknowledged Ruth's kindness to Elimelech's widow. And so he made sure that she was kept safe in his fields, right? But God's faithfulness and kindness extended to Boaz actually becoming Ruth's guardian redeemer. Now, of course, that was with some help from the lovely mother-in-law, guiding Ruth um, through some appropriate cultural practices to catch his eye. Um, and, um, oh, I'm not trying to catch someone's eye over there, by the way. Um, and, you know, and, and so therefore take on um, responsibility of also caring for Naomi. Yeah? But God provided relief for Ruth and Naomi. Um, you know, they had remained faithful to each other as daughters of Israel, he remains faithful to them throughout this journey. 
God's shoulders are bigger than ours, yay. And he can take the weight of all of our burdens and all of everybody else's burdens that they want to put onto you, yeah? So another encouragement from Ruth's story is that God's purposes are not limited by our history, right? Ruth's history, you heard it, right? She really didn't have a lot going for her when you look at her history, right? She's a Moabite, so she's a Gentile, yeah? Now, in some parts of Auckland, a woman like Ruth would always be considered an outsider, like out in Pukekoi, right? Um, <laughs> sorry, I used to live there, and I'm just hassling my mates in Pukekoi. Um, she had a dodgy pedigree, yeah? Um, she, in terms of, you know, her people being known as coming out of an incestuous relationship, um, you know, her people had a really bad reputation, um, and now they were subservient um, to Judean law, right? But she's also a widow now, and she's a childless widow. Ouch. Yeah? But what we see of Ruth's character is loyalty, her faithfulness, resilience, yeah? Her hard work, I mean, she knew how to hustle, yeah? It was her suggestion that she go out to the fields and glean, yeah? Um, and she knew, you know, we saw in her character the care that she had for who was now her mother, Naomi. One who reflects God's love so clearly has a history that most wouldn't think could actually give us any insight into how God relates to the world that he's created. But in God's goodness, we see Ruth marry Boaz and conceive a son. Kia ora. Um, You know, now, the thing is, they didn't just conceive a son, right? Um, their son was Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. This is a direct connection to the lineage of Jesus. A woman with this history has a direct connection to the lineage of Jesus. How faithful is God? Yeah? You know, again, Ruth may be um, recorded in the Bible as a Moabite, but she is remembered as being part of the lineage of Jesus, and just as the Apostle Paul, who was recorded as a persecutor of Christians in the New Testament, is remembered as a servant of God, who may you know he took the gospel viral, yeah. So, our encouragements, yeah. God is faithful, and we have hope. God's shoulders are bigger than ours. Yay. God's purposes are not limited by our history. Yeah? Ruth's encounters of God encourages us that the decisions we make, they have influence and impact. And no matter our background or um, no matter what history might try to dictate about us, God has designed us to live um, a life that's purposed and full of hope. Hope, hope always. And so this morning, um, as we wrap up, I asked um, some people this morning as we were meeting um, together to go, uh, um, you know, to, to start off our, our morning. And, and I asked people to, um, to, to pray as uh, we were heading into this time. 
and see what encouragement that God might have and speak through them, yeah? And, uh, and so I'd, I'd love for everyone to stand. And I um, would love to... Um, oh, see, I can stand. Thank you, active physio. Um, so I'd love, yeah, thank you for standing. Thank you for standing with me. And, um, and I'd love to invite, yeah, if you have felt an encouragement... Um, for this is for you, for all of our whānau, yeah. For those who are here, for those who um, you know uh, uh, might be watching from home, um, please come forward, and I'd love for you to share that. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Margarita, for those uh, words of hope. And, um, and also, you know, the gift of being asked to ponder during somebody's speaking of what could be helpful for all of us. It's a great honour to do that. And um, I, I think the things that came up for me were, you know, God is bigger than us. And um, when we pray and pass to him, our troubles, our whatever, they need to stay there and we don't pick them up again. So that was one thing. But the other one about your future is not determined by your past. Actually, um, that's something from, from, you know, I didn't have a very good um, beginning. Uh, anyway, the, the encouragement that I get from that is... Um, because God is full of hope and because our future is not determined by our past, we can actually do something about that and get some prayers to understand what was happening when we were um, younger. Get some understanding um, and get that lifted off us and get the freedom. And that's the kind of encouragement that I want to um, pass out that it's not impossible, eh? <laughs> and actually with God... It's delightfully easy, so I just encourage anybody um, to to place themselves in front of God to get um, healed up a bit. Thank you, Wendy. Um, just something that really struck out to me was um, the fact that Naomi lost her sons, Ruth lost her husband. So how significant that was and how that would have broken their hearts. And they were really grieving and they would have, you know, been like, oh my goodness, how could God let this happen? You know, why didn't he protect them? How could they die like this? How could God do this? But it was all in God's amazing plan for Jesus' lineage. And they didn't, you know, they had no idea. But isn't it amazing how God works? Because although we can go through heartache, God comforts us and he strengthens us through that in order to help us with his plan and what becomes of it. Yeah. Thank you, Ange. 
I think I just have a big mouth and love talking. <laughs> um, God's shoulders are broader than ours. Yay. But even better, isn't it? God's plans for our future are not limited by our past. Thank goodness. I mean, for heaven's sake, if I took, if I took my past and, and I kind of figured that where I came from and, and what I used to do as a kid is, is where I'm headed, you know? No. No, that was really, really powerful what you said there. Really powerful. I think this goes further than our final here. I think if anybody here knows of somebody who said, I was a loser my whole life, I'll only ever be a loser. I think after hearing today's sermon, we have a responsibility towards that person to go to them and say, listen, yeah, uh-uh. let's fix this. I don't know. I think that, wow, it was powerful. I think it's, it's a responsibility more than just a, a lesson for us to learn, yeah, isn't it? I mean, if I say, do this, if you know one person who says, I can't go anywhere because of my past, 80% of the hands going up, 90% of the hands going up, there's got to be someone for all of us to go to after this morning and say, uh-uh, let's fix that. That's, that's just what, it's so powerful. Thank you. Oh, kia ora, Graydon. This is, um, you know, this is encouragement for all of you, yeah? This is not a, a command. Graydon's not saying, hey, you get out there and, and you do that. Like, Graydon's passionate, right? And that's so encouraging, right? But be encouraged to connect with those in your world. You know, be encouraged as Ange, um, uh, you know, was, was sharing about, like, coming alongside those hurting and grieving, yeah, and, and bringing that sense of hope. Sandy. Oh, thanks. That was a brilliant message. Well done. I uh, loved it. Uh, one of the things that was hitting me was when you were talking about the journey and the family looking back at the past and saying... Oh, me, miserum, it's dreadful, the end of the world, and all that. Uh, but the picture I got by the end was it was the first step in a dance, as they were. They'd walked out, and they'd taken that step, and the two of them had stepped on, and then they stepped onto the field, and then they ended up with the wedding dance. It's beautiful, Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Margarita. This is more of an encouragement to myself and just um, listening to your message this morning. So I decided this week that I will defend my mother-in-law to the death. <laughs> exactly what I said because I have a wonderful relationship with her. Um, and to hear this message today, um, yeah, and I just decided that that's what I'm going to do Because um, there are, I mean, I'm sure everybody don't have a good relationship with them. I don't know. But um, my mother-in-law does do some things that kind of annoys us as a family, for example. I love you, Nonnie. This is, um, so she comes to netball. We have netball on Wednesday nights. She comes with the dog and stands outside the fence of the netball and doesn't come in sometimes because of the dog. But then um, we would complain about that. And then I decided, no, I love my mother-in-law. I'm going to just defend her. Nobody's allowed to say anything bad about her, even though she does these things that annoys us as a family. I'm going to just defend her to the death. That's what I said. And just to hear you say about mother-in-laws this morning, what Ruth, 
it just has greatly encouraged me. So thank you. Kia ora, Joe. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Thank you for um, those of you who've come. Oh, come, come, come. Hi, I, I'm, I'm Yvette. Um, I, was, I was praying about some things this morning, and um, as, as a church, we are, we're a community, and I, I sort of got this picture of, you know, cogs in a machine, but the little teeth on the cogs, and as the cogs go round, the teeth lock into each other, and it's like if one of those cogs is a little bit broken or not there or missing or whatever, the machine doesn't run as smoothly, so... You know, if, if, you're, if you're here and you're feeling like you're not important, that's so untrue. You are important. Even if you're the smallest cog and the, the smallest tooth and the tiniest cog, you're so important. And this machine runs because of you. And if you're feeling broken or missing or whatever, just come and get some prayer. I'll pray for you. Get, grab someone you know. Just if, if you're just feeling a little bit like... You're not important here. You so are. Every single person in this room and outside of these rooms, anyone that's connected in here, just know your worth. Amen. Thank you, Yvette. We've been binging on the repair shop. (laughs) Don't know if you know it, but it's really lovely. And I guess as sort of mutual encouragement is that If you've never seen the show, somebody takes something precious from their family. It might not have any particular value to anybody else, but it's people with particular skills and craft abilities and conservation, you know, know know-how, and they put whatever this little thing, or quite big thing, sausage machine, (laughs) teddy bear, whatever, back together. So it doesn't look like new, but it's itself. And people weep when they see the thing that they've loved, given back to them, but still with maybe the fingerprints and scuffs and the, the signs that it has been in their family for so long. Why am I saying this? That healing comes to us in community. We are the healing for one another. And that you might be thinking, oh, where is God in my situation? God is here and 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 here. And if that doesn't sound very biblical, the story of the raising of Lazarus had Jesus calling Lazarus forth from the grave, but then he says, oh, someone move away the stone. Someone unbind him. So it wasn't all Jesus. It was uh, God in others as part of the healing and restoration to life of Lazarus. So we're all part of that for one another. And I sometimes wonder, what's the point of church? What are we doing here? Oh, we're healing one another. We are doing what Yvette said, our our little part in it, of knowing the names of those who might be in a tough time and being able to say them, you know? So we are the repair shop. We're God's repair shop. Kia ora, Fran. So God, um, we started um, by thanking you for your presence and and, uh, and we thank you for the words that have been spoken this morning. We thank you for the encouragement that has come. 
we thank you for the willingness of Yvette and the willingness of, of Wendy to be praying and be part of that repair shop, Lord. But we are, we are all part of it, Lord. And so um, for all the words that um, have been spoken this morning, I pray that your Holy Spirit will seal whatever needs to be sealed on our hearts, Lord. That um, for each of us, as we go from here, that, that we know we are not on our own, um, that we know that you are faithful and we have hope always, that your shoulders are way bigger than ours, Lord, and that, that um, God, you know, in your faithfulness, in your faithfulness, we will find healing and, um, and restoration and in community we will find healing and restoration. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Kia ora. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.